football on Off The Ball. With Paddy Power, as obnoxiously passionate about soccer as Frank Lampard after the final whistle. Gamble responsibly, see Dunleary.net. Welcome back, it is Thursday's Off The Ball. Nathan with you till 10, it's half seven, so we're joined as always by John Giles. Evening, John. Evening, Nathan. Keep him well? I'm good, thank you, yeah. So the football season is over. The new season has started, but finally the old season is done and dusted with the Champions League final and the Europa League final. Bayern Munich, European champions for a sixth time. Were they deserving European winners? Oh, definitely. Uh, they were very, very impressive. Uh, I think they won all the matches in the group. Mm. Uh, and in the final, which could have been tricky, uh, well, it was a little bit tricky early on, I think, for them, but won well. Well deserved it. They were, they were, they were worthy champions. There were times, particularly in that first half against Paris Saint-Germain in the final, where it looked as though it may turn out to be one of the great European finals, that we may get a lot of goals, a lot of exciting attacking football. It seemed to fall a bit flat in the second half, or was that Bayern Munich just totally controlling the game? Well, I think it was, it was a combination of both. I think uh, definitely Bayern doing what they did, which they never let up, and PSG uh, uh, switching off yeah. that's the best way I can put it uh, Neymar started very well mm. uh, and we, I, well, I spoke a lot about the match uh, Nathan saying that he, the, the two matches I saw him in I'd never seen him play as well before and he started off that way yeah, he had a couple of good chances early on the goalkeeper uh, Neuer was very very good for, for Bayern Munich uh, and then as the game went on and uh, Bayern Munich got better Neymar went away mm. And he went back to his old ways, actually, as the game went on, Nathan. You know, he was lying down and he was looking for free kicks and uh, was, was poor. And, he, he, no, he didn't, he didn't do it. Yeah, and uh, well, that one of the most disappointing aspects of the final because, as you say, in the build-up in the couple of games previous, he had really dragged Paris Saint-Germain through and it felt as though he was set for that big moment. Yeah. <laughs> Did Bayern Munich, I don't know, did they mentally break them down? There seemed to be a huge amount of tactical fouls, as they now call them, in that first half, where every time he got in the ball, halfway line, they'd bring him down quickly, that they were just at him so much, he just couldn't cope with it. Well, he, well, he didn't cope with it. But, uh, you know, when you, if, you're, if you're one of the great players, uh, Nathan, you do cope with it. You get on with it and you keep playing and you keep playing and you keep playing. Uh, he didn't. Uh, you know, he, he, he obviously was getting a lot of attention, but as the game went on, he, he, he got worse and worse. And he went back to his old ways of diving and, and pretending to be injured and all the various things that great players don't do. So it was a combination of both. Obviously, uh, uh, Bayern Munich were going to get stuck into him, which they did. But when you're a great player, like you're supposed to be a great player, like he, he is, you, you, you put up with that. And you fight mm. back and you keep fighting and you keep fighting and you're fighting. You know, he didn't do that. And the I, fact, think he, I think he packed it in. Which, I assume, uh, raises huge question marks about his character because if you're going to pack it in in a Champions League final, you're yeah. going to pack it in anywhere. Well, he's, he's done it in other big matches before right. that. And, and uh, what, what, what I was uh, talking about before the match when we spoke was that how well he played in the two matches leading up to those particular, to, to, to the final. And he was very, very good. I had never seen him play like that before. But when he, when, we got, when he did get into the final, for the first 20 minutes, he was very good. And I thought, I thought this guy could turn the game. But as it went on, it, 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 Bayern Munich got better and better, and he got worse and worse. Mm. And I think when he knew at one stage, I'm not going to get too much out of this game, 
then I think he packed it in and then went back to diving around and pretending to be injured and all the various things that he's done before. So he didn't do it, Nathan. Yeah. There was still half an hour left as well when Kingsley Coleman scored the goal for Bayern Munich. So there was plenty of time and like there was pretty much nothing from Paris Saint-Germain. Even in that last five, ten minutes where you thought there's going to be an absolute onslaught, all right, there was the one chance for Chupamoting that he flicked his foot at that went wide. Yeah. Do you think Neymar's attitude filtered through to the rest of the team then? Well, it, it does because he's the leader. I mean, he's, he's the main man. If he's playing well, Nathan, he's better yeah. than any of the players on the pitch. Uh, well, not, on the, not so much on the pitch, but on, in his own team. Uh, you know, and Bobby was quiet. He's got Di Maria, who are very, very good players as well. But Neymar would have been the leader, as he was in the two matches that I saw him leading up to the final. And then he didn't, he didn't perform. He de- definitely didn't. He started well. Then, then he, he, he had a couple of chances, didn't take them. And as the game went on, uh, Bayern Munich were a real team in the sense that they stuck together and they kept at it and at it. They didn't allow them back into the game. But that's where great players show themselves. You know, mm. the tougher it gets, uh, the better they become. And uh, unfortunately with Neymar, the tougher it got, uh, the worse he got. And, you know, they just were the better team, the better team all around. And uh, uh, they, they did, uh, Paris Saint-Germain didn't really respond. And that was mainly due to, to Neymar not fighting and scrapping the way uh, great players do. Bayern Munich obviously have plenty of incredibly talented players, the likes of Robert Lewandowski and Thomas Muller and Kingsley Coleman. By the sounds of what you're saying, though, it was actually their team ethic that yeah. saw them through in this. It was the fact that they all knew, was it that they all ex- knew exactly what their roles were and they stuck to it? or? Well, it's not so much the roles, uh, Nathan. It's, it's, it's just being honest in what you do. Mm. In other words, receive the ball when you can and try and win it back when, you, when, 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 you, when they have the, uh, have the ball. Uh, it's all character now. I mean, I played in, in, in some matches with great players, uh, like, say, Billy Bremner was a great player. He didn't play great in every match. Yeah. But he gave everything. And that's all, that's all you can do. You know, every, players accept that from fellow players. Everybody has a bad game or not such a good game from time to time. How, are you having a go? Yeah, having a go under any circumstances. If you're two up, you're having a go. If you're two down, if you're three down, you're having a go. And that's it. And you walk off the pitch and you're beaten, then you're beaten. But you don't come off the pitch saying, well, if we'd done this and we'd done that, and I'd have stuck in and that. In other words, we, 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 you know, the, the, the sunshine players, we used to call hmm. them. Nathan. You heard me on about them before. Lads who, uh, you know, when you're winning 4-0 with 10 minutes to go, give me the ball. They can't get enough of the ball. Same, same fellas next week away from home, you're 2-0 down or 3-0 down. You couldn't find them. Hmm. You couldn't find them with the ball, Nathan, just when you need them. You know, that's, that's, what make, that's what makes the great players. You do, they do it under all circumstances. I keep going on about Roy Keane. Roy Keane, in my, in my opinion, was at his best when the team were up against it. Keane was at his best. Never packed it in. Kept doing the right things. Kept fighting and fighting and fighting away. Actually, when, when Manchester United were winning 4-0, you could take Keane off the pitch. Hmm. Yeah. No sunshine boy there. No. It, it, it does feel sort of unforgivable the way that Neymar played in that second half, particularly in that last half an hour when his team most needed him. That, as you yeah. say, just the way his shoulders dropped. Like, everybody in the stadium, the few people that were in the stadium, everybody knew that his head was gone. Yeah. He couldn't hide it. No, he packed it in. Uh, he just, you know, he, he was f- falling over and diving, and he was doing all the things that we've seen, that I was, I've seen him doing on many, many occasions. Mm. But two, two matches before the final, he didn't do that. He played really, really well. That's why I was expecting more of him. 
Uh, and again, he could have been a type of player. He had two chances early on in the game, Nathan. If he'd scored one of them, then you might have seen a different player altogether. But yeah. great players don't do that. You know, great players respond when things are not going well. That's what makes them great. And they fight their way back into the game and they, they fight their team back into the game. No matter, no matter how, how many goals they're down or what the situation is. But I think when he didn't score after the first, first few minutes, first 10 or 15 minutes, I think after 20 minutes he was gone. And he's the leader. Do you think, and probably haven't gone up against those types of players, do you think Bayern Munich realised that as well on the pitch? Oh, definitely. Definitely. They, they, would, they would have targeted, targeted him before the game. Mm. And I think they would have said, look, every chance we get, have a knock at him, have a knock at him, and, and if we get enough knocks at him, we pack it in. That's yeah. what I think would have happened there. And that's what happens in football. You know, if somebody's got a weak, weak point, you play on it. And, and I think that's what they said. No matter who, who's near him, if we're near him, have a go at him, have a go at him, have a go at him. And he didn't score early on. So instead of sticking at it and sticking at it and sticking at it, it I think he said, oh, that's enough. I've had enough, enough of this today. And that's, that's the way he is. You know, he's all the, great players don't do that. You know, I mean, I played with some great, Bobby Charlton, for example. Bobby wasn't a physical player at all. Ever. He couldn't tackle a hot dinner, Bobby. But he, and, he, and he got a lot of kicking, but he never packed it in. Nathan, never. He didn't respond in the way of kicking the guys back. He, could, he wasn't able to do it, Bobby. I think he would have loved to be able to do it, but he just couldn't do it. But for sticking at it and getting on the ball and keep getting on the ball, no matter how many times he was kicked, he certainly did that. Paris Saint-Germain have two players who many would reckon are the next best thing to Messi and Ronaldo in both Neymar and Mbappe. All the criticism, it seems, has come for Neymar, and I get, I get that he's 28 and Mbappe is still only 21. Should there be more questions raised about Mbappe's performance as well? I, I, I didn't think Mbappe packed it in, right. uh, Nathan. You know, I think Mbappe will find, when he plays at centre-forward, it'll be his best position. And in these matches that we've seen him play, I think, first of all, he was carrying an injury. He played mostly on the left side of the centre-forward. He didn't play down the middle. And when you play in that position, you're restricted mm. doing what you're doing. Well, because he could co- covers the ground well and leads the line well. And I think he, he suffered with that. I'd like to see him playing down the centre of the pitch. I, I think he's good. I think he will be the, 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 the real McCoy. Right. Uh, uh, he just wasn't playing he had been injured as well uh, but down the middle as a centre forward where he has the freedom to go where he wants up the pitch like that I think, he, I think he'll be I think he'll be, he'll be okay Just from Bayern Munich's point of view then uh, one of the players that stood out was Thiago uh, in the middle of midfield I know he was taken off um, towards uh, the end of the game but there's a lot of speculation that he may end up at Liverpool this summer and obviously there's a lot of talk all the time of Liverpool's midfield three and as to where he'd fit in did he stand out for you is he someone you look at that could improve that Liverpool midfield um, well I think if there's an improvement to be made in the Liverpool team it probably would be a midfield mm. uh, Nathan uh, is it Fabinho they have there yeah Fabinho at the yeah. base and then yeah. Henderson <laughs> and Vinaldum. yeah well uh, you know I, I don't think they, they have had a well since Graeme Souness Liverpool have had a player uh, that really controls the middle of the field, really controls. You, you don't have, have you don't have Gerrard in that category. No, not at all. No, Gerrard Gerard was definitely a player who was a goal scorer from midfield. Mm. Uh, Nathan, like he could disappear from that. But now he's a terrific player and a hugely, hugely valuable player for the goals that he scored. 
but he, but he didn't dominate the, the the middle of the field in in like the old say the the old maestro in the middle of the field. He was never that type of player. The, the player they had the Spanish player there for a Xabi while. Xabi Alonso, yeah, yeah. Well, he could, he did it and did it well, uh, and he could. I think he was good for for uh, Gerard. And I go back to Gerard and Lampard. I, I might have spoken about before playing for England. Neither of them were genuine midfield players in terms of dictating the play. Like, they were both terrific players who were goal scorers from midfield, and they were brilliant at it. And that's why when England played, they, they, never, they, never, they never made it together. And unfortunately, the manager of England at the time, Scholes was the man for that. You would have had to leave one of them out, in my mm. opinion. Scholes was the man that could do that. But they played him on the right side or the left side, which was totally useless for Scholes. Yeah. So they never made it. But, uh, but, but they were terrific, terrific players. But I don't, think, I, I don't think even Fabinho is the general that Liverpool could deal with. Right, so maybe Thiago could fill that spot. But maybe so. I haven't seen enough of him. Mm. But uh, Graham Souness did it brilliantly for the great one of the great Liverpool teams. He was he was actually he was the only one uh, in my time and afterwards that like in my time they didn't have a general in midfield. They had three players who were, were good workers and good players, uh, but they didn't have a general even in the, the first team with Ian St John. Uh, and, and and Roger Hunt and Tommy Smith and these guys, yeah. they didn't have it, but they always had an all-action uh, uh, game, uh, honest players. Mm. But Graham was the only one that that uh, really was a general in in the team that commanded it from midfield. Right. And even at the moment, I don't think Fabinho he does his bit, but he doesn't really get a grip of it. But they've got so many good players around them and working hard, uh, it it covers covers them up, uh, covers for them. Nathan. All right, we shall see what happens with that transfer. We need to take a quick break, then we're going to talk about another potential transfer and where Lionel Messi will end up. That's up next. Football on Off the Ball with Paddy Power. As obnoxiously passionate about soccer as Frank Lampard after the final whistle. Gamble responsibly, see Dunlewy.net. You're welcome back. John Giles is still on the line. John, it looks as though it may actually happen. Lionel Messi might be leaving Barcelona. If you were Manchester City, do you spend every single penny you've got to get him to the club? I think so. Right. I think so, Nathan. Uh, uh, he's he's, well, he's thirty three now. Yeah, I would. I think he. I think he could do a great job for him, uh, and it, it it might be good for him as well. Mm. He's been there a long time, and it, it it has happened with players over the years. I mean, if you go back to to, to the great Pirlo. Right, Pirlo was at Milan. I was just looking it up today. I think he was at Milan for about ten or twelve years. Won two two uh, European championships with them. Won all sorts, and uh, I think they decided to release him on a free. I think he was thirty-two at the time. Yeah, and he went to Juventus, and in his first year, he won the league with them, and he was there for four years and had four great years. So sometimes, even a player like Messi, a, a new a new adventure, if that would be the right word of Gontemann, could rejuvenate him, could do. And I think in his case, it would, because I think he's still fit. It's a new challenge for him. And, uh, because Barcelona are in a total mess, mm. Nathan. They're in a total mess. And, uh, I mean, they have, they have a fellow there, Victor Font. I don't know if you've seen his comments. He's, 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 he's going for the presidency. Yeah. And he said if he gets the presidency, uh, Kuman is out. <laughs> after a year even if he won the treble he was going to be out 
Mm. You know, so like this is dreadful, dreadful stuff. And uh, and and Koeman is in a, a, diff- a very very difficult position there already. And Messi was seeing what's going along. And it, I just read a paper today, and it was a paper that alleged that Koeman said to Messi, "Your privileges in the squad are over. You have to do everything for the team. I'm going to be in- inflexible. You have to think about the team." Now, this is if this is true. I mean, you're talking to Messi. You know, the best player and the best team player, one of the best team players I've ever seen. So we don't know what there's murders in, in, in who's going yeah. for, the, for the presidency. But, but was, is, is he still that team player? Was he still that team player when you saw him this season, particularly in the Champions League for Barcelona? Yes. So you yes. don't think that Messi and his attitude was a part of the issue in their decline this season? Um. I don't think he played. He certainly didn't play as well as he can play, but neither did the team. Mm. Nathan, I haven't seen him when he hasn't played for the team. You know, now you, you might say, well, he could have done more, more for the team this year. But I think what Kuman is, ta- is talking about, because you do what you do, uh, you have a few rests, and you're not trying as hard as the others. Th- this is not true. I think that the morale of the team, with the coach that they had in, was in bits. Yeah. In bits, and I don't think one man, even like if Messi is not happy with the situation, well, obviously he's not going to be as good as he is when he is happy with the situation. That's the same with all players, definitely. So I'd say he, he, when when they were beaten ten, whenever it was during the week ten three or whatever it was ten two, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, they, they, sorry, eight two, they they he wasn't he wasn't the Messi that we know. But the, the whole team wasn't a mess. The morale was gone. I don't know what the coach was doing. The coach was sacked now. But, you know, even Messi can't win matches for a team, Nathan, where things are not right mm. and things are very badly wrong there at the moment. That's why I think, and I can't see it happening next season, and I think that's why if he did go to Manchester City, for example, or, or one of the, the Paris Saint-Germain, I think you'd see... A brilliant Messi. I think it would actually be good for him, Nathan. Mm. A new challenge, uh, a new club, new atmosphere, and uh, I think he's fit enough and, and young enough to do it. The question, and again, all of this is, you know, you've got to take into account, we are talking about arguably the greatest player there's ever been, so whether it's Ronald Koeman going in with that sort of attitude, it seems insane. One of the question marks that will come up about going to Manchester City is, does it somehow destabilise the club and the dressing room that Messi comes in and Manchester City may need to pay him 500000 to a million pounds a week and that the likes of Kevin De Bruyne are looking at that thinking, OK, I was the main man, but now we're all going to be in the shadow of Messi and somehow he could have a negative effect or is Messi above all of that? He's just at such a level, no footballer could have an issue with him coming into their dressing no, room. No, I think, I think he's above all that. I think he's above all that. And, and what you'd find, and I'm making a bit of a joke at it, the brain is saying, I'm only getting 290000 a week. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, Nathan? Yeah. Like 290000 a week. And uh, I think if nearly every player, well, I don't know. I don't know every They, player, they do but... like to moan about it. <laughs> Even on <laughs> yeah, 290 yeah, grand right. a week. Oh, I, was, I was trying to be, be sarcastic there, <laughs> Nathan. And, but, but definitely, uh, it, it, it's, um, I can't imagine a player, any player, who wouldn't welcome Messi into the team. 
mm. regardless of the financial situation, uh, Nathan, to be honest. I think most players, I'd say nearly, well, 99% of players would know what Messi is, what he has been, what he can be, and love him, mm. and welcome him into the team, and actually say, you deserve twice as much as I do. <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah. I don't see it being a minus in, in players saying, oh, I'm not happy with that. I'm, I, you know, De Bruyne is saying, I'm, like, I'm only getting 250 grand a week. I don't, I can't see it. I'd say if, they, if Messi, if they, they, they would say it with some players that they wouldn't rate as highly as themselves, mm. quite rightly. But I think all of them would admit, if, you're, if that Messi at his best is better than all of them and yeah. has to be good for them to, to, to revive them, uh, from trying to catch Liverpool, I'm talking about Manchester City now, yeah. in particular. Well, yeah, I think I think he'd be welcomed with open arms. Well, I'm catching Liverpool then because look, I think everyone yeah. who watches the Premier League as we do more than any other league would love to see him there for a couple of seasons, even at 33. Yeah, and even with the struggles of last season, he still scored over 30 goals. Like Messi arriving into that Manchester City team right now, does that just transform the league completely in terms of what you expect from City? Messi comes, you expect them to be champions and champions quite convincingly? Well, I wouldn't. Right. I wouldn't. I think he, I think he would improve them. Uh, but they've an awful long way to go to catch Liverpool. Uh, and I'm just talking about him going to Manchester City and how the players would react to him. I think yeah. they'd love him. Uh, does, he does, would does Messi alone not bridge that gap? No. No, I think that gap is too big at the moment. Mm. Uh, I think Manchester City need quite a few players to come in there to challenge Liverpool. Definitely. I think, you see, if you look back on, on City at their best, company's gone. Aguero may, may, be, may be gone. David Silva's gone. Uh, the, the, the Brazilian lad, the, the middle of the field. Fernandinho. Fernandinho is not, not the same player. I mean, that's at least four really, really world-class players there Nathan, that they don't, they haven't replaced and no team, I don't care who they are. I mean, if you take four of the best out of Liverpool, you take the front three and, and Van Dijk out of there, and what sort of a team would Liverpool have? You know, they, they, they could be caught, but not with what they have. City have lost those players, and they haven't replaced them, Nathan. They just haven't replaced them. Mm. So there's no team can continue the success that Manchester City had unless you replace them with players as good or as nearly as good. And they haven't done that. So they're way, way behind. And even Messi, at his best, I don't think could transform Manchester City into, into being a better team than Liverpool. Right. You're always going to find a space in your team for two outstanding players. Like The thought of Messi and De Bruyne linking up together is uh, quite a frightening prospect, I'd imagine, for most teams in the Premier League. As an attacking force, they'd be, they'd be second to none. I'm not so sure about that. I'm not a, I'm not a great De Bruyne fan, Nate. Yeah. I'm not. I don't think, I think he's, a, he's, he's definitely the most ta- talented, or one of the most talented players in the world. But I don't like his attitude at all. Mm. I don't think he's a scrapper. I think for Manchester City last week, I think he's a temperamental lad who is, puts his head down, uh, makes uh, certain gestures to his teammates when he's not happy. And, and, and I've heard too many times, on his day, he's the best. Yeah, on his day. When I hear on his day, Nathan, I get the shivers about players. He's the most talented midfield player 
in the Premiership, in my opinion. Is he the best player? I don't think so. Right. His attitude is not right. I saw him week in, week out. Some days he was absolutely brilliant, and he was the best on those particular days. But there were few and far between. And again, I'd say with great players, Nathan, they don't have their days. Every day is a great day. In the terms of attitude to the game, approach to the game, approach to their colleagues, that they're going to do their best regardless of the situation. I haven't seen that from De Bruyne mm. or De Bruyne. Yeah, in fairness, uh, I think you've been consistent on that over, over the course of the year. Just before we finish up, John, well, this time next week, the Stephen Kenny era will be underway. The Republic of Ireland will be taking on Bulgaria. We'll have a chance ahead of that game to, when we know the team to uh, preview it next Thursday night. Yeah. But one of the decisions he'll have to face is can he fit Matt Doherty into his team? And Doherty, it seems, is going to become a Tottenham player uh, over the next yeah. couple of days. They've done a deal, a very good deal, it seems, Spurs, only going to pay around £12 million up front for Matt Doherty to go and play under Jose Mourinho. Is this a good move for Doherty? I think so. It, it looks like it on paper, uh, uh, Nathan. I'm surprised that Wolves letting him go. Mm. I mean, he's been one of the best players. He's been terrific for them. And, uh, you know, unless there's somebody really uh, standing lined up uh, to take his place, I can't understand. It's not as if they need money, uh, Wolves, actually. They're, they're willing to spend money themselves. Uh, I think it's a bad move for them. I mean, you'd have to keep Doherty, even if they had somebody in the team, just to keep him in the, on the panel and keep him in the club. I don't, I don't get that at all, uh, Nathan. And the other question, can he fit him into the Irish team? I'd love to see him being tried in certain I mean, he was tried in, in one of the, the early matches, wasn't he, in midfield, Nathan? And it was a, yeah, he played on the right side of midfield over in Gibraltar. Gibraltar. In the it was a terrible day for playing. That, yeah. You know, it was a terrible day for it wasn't it wasn't fair on him. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know. I, I think he can play left back as well, but we've got a very good left back as well in the Irish team. Mm. Like the, the position that we're very unlucky, or he's unlucky as well, to be such a good player and not have an automatic place because of the position he plays in. Yeah. You know, we've got Seamus Coleman as well. Um, I'd, I'd like to see him have another goal midfield. Yeah, but, but we're into competitive matches now. We need a couple of friendlies to be able to try things out like that, Nathan, you know? Yeah, it's a difficult position. Not being in the team, he's a very, very good player. He's a very valuable player uh, for Wolverhampton. Yeah, and sure I'm surprised is. that Wolves are even thinking of letting him go. All right, John, great stuff. We shall talk to you a lot more about that next Thursday night. Thanks, Nathan. Uh, John Giles there. Just to let you know that OTB Sports in partnership with Cavalry FC are kicking off a brand new series of in-depth chats with some of the biggest names in Premier League and Irish football history. To get the ball rolling, Joe Malloy sat down with Republic of Ireland goalkeeping legends Packy Bonner and Shay Given for an intimate chat. You can catch part one of that on all our social channels right now. Get on to offtheball.com forward slash YouTube and you can watch the full thing as well or hear it on the radio this coming Sunday. And you can check out cabriefc.com for updates on promotions and giveaways. Brian Driscoll is up next. Football on Off The Ball With Paddy Power More confident than United before a Europa League final. Gamble responsibly. See dunlewy.net.